Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for Daniel chapter 11. Daniel sees the successive kings and their wars, leagues, and conflicts which lead up to the second coming of Christ. It is clear from the sketchy way in which the prophecy deals with the events of the time period covered in this chapter that Daniel's intention was not to emphasize the history, but only to give it as a background in order to indicate its effects upon the Lord's people. As Kiel and Delich wrote, the prophecy does not furnish a prediction of the historical wars of the of the of the people at that time, but an ideal description of the war of the kings of the north and the south in its general outlines, whereby, it is true, diverse special elements of the prophetical announcement have historically been fulfilled, but the historical reality does not correspond with the contents of the prophecy in anything like an exhaustive manner. In other words, this is about future events. The lack of direct correspondence between the chapter and history seems to indicate that Daniel did not intend to present a detailed chronology of future events, but rather to give an overview of some of the main events that would influence the Lord's people. The following statement suggests that some of the events prophesied of in this chapter may have been given as indicators of the nature of the conflict between the kingdoms of the world and the kingdom of God. That is, they were types of future events. By the war of these two kingdoms, the Ptolemaic and Seleucid for the sovereignty, not merely were the covenant land and the covenant people brought in general into a sorrowful condition, but they also were the special object of a war which typically characterizes and portrays the relation of the world kingdom to the kingdom of God. This war arose under the Seleucidon Antiochus Epiphanes to such a height that it formed a prelude of the war of the time of the end. The undertaking of this king to root out the worship of the living God and destroy the Jewish religion shows in type the great war which the power, the world power in the last phases of its development shall undertake against the kingdom of God. Several things Daniel mentioned seems to be dualistic, having application to more than one period of time. The abomination that maketh desolate in Daniel 11 is one example of this dualism. Though this verse could quite properly be interpreted to refer to the destruction of Jerusalem and and desecration of the temple by Antiochus Epiphanes, which has been the conclusion of many scholars, the abomination of desolation was also mentioned by the Lord in reference to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by the Romans in A.D. 70. It has also been applied to the destructions which are still in the future. Elder McConkie wrote about the abomination of desolation mentioned by Daniel. These conditions of desolation born of abomination and wickedness were to occur twice in fulfillment of Daniel's words. The first was to be when the Roman legions under Titus in 70 AD laid siege to Jerusalem, destroying the scattering and scattering the people, leaving not one stone upon another in the desecrated temple, and spreading such terror and devastation as, his, as has seldom, if ever, been equaled on earth. Then speaking of the last days, our Lord said, And again shall the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet be fulfilled. That is, Jerusalem again will be under siege. It will be, under, it will be during this siege that Christ will come, the wicked will be destroyed, and the millennial era commenced. It is possible that in the prophetic dualism, Daniel showed near future and far future events with the same image. Much in Daniel 11 suggests the future battle of Armageddon. 
but there also are also details that seem related to the Maccabean revolt against Antiochus Epiphanes. They could also relate to the fall of Judah to Rome. Some have used Daniel 12.1, which says that this would be a time of trouble such as had never before been seen, to mean the battle of Armageddon. The language of this verse is reminiscent of Joel 2, verse 2, and Revelation 16, verse 18, which are prophecies of Armageddon. The Savior, however, specifically applied Daniel 12.1 to the fall of Judah in A.D. 70. Further, the Doctrine and Covenants describes Michael as leading the armies of God after the millennium. Others have noted that the persecution of the Jews under Antiochus was the most deliberate and savage of their history to that point. Which is correct. Were these terrible times fulfilled in 167 BC or AD 70, or are they yet future, either before the millennium in Armageddon or afterwards? Given the dualistic nature of prophecy in the Old Testament, it is very possible that all four answers are correct. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 1, Also I in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him, and now will I show thee the truth. Behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all, and by his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Grecia, or the kingdom of Macedonia. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven, and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. Remember, this might have been about Alexander the Great and those four kingdoms that came up after him. And the king of the south shall be strong, and one of his princes, and he shall be strong above him, and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion, and in the end of years they shall join themselves together, for the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement, but she shall not re retain the power of the arm. Neither shall he stand, nor his arm, but she, but she shall be given up, and they shall be, they shall brought and they that brought her, and he that begat her, and he that strengthened her in these times. But out of a branch of her roots shall one stand up in his estate, which shall come with an army, and shall enter into the fortress of the king of the north, and shall duel, and shall deal against them, and shall prevail. And shall also carry captives into Egypt their gods and their princes, or molten images, and with their precious vessels of silver and of gold, and he shall continue more years than the king of the north. So the king of the south shall come into his kingdom, and shall return into his own land. But his sons shall be stirred up, and shall assemble a multitude of great forces, and one shall certainly come and overflow, and pass through. Then shall he return and be stirred up even to his fortress. And the king of the south shall be moved with, ch with choler, in other words, anger, and shall come forth and fight with him ever, or even with the king of the north, and he shall set forth a great multitude, but the multitude shall be given into his hand. And when he hath taken away the multitude, his heart shall be lifted up, and he shall cast down many ten thousands, but he shall not be strengthened by it. For the king of the north shall return, and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former, and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army and with much riches. And in those times there shall be many to stand up against the king of the south, also the robbers or oppressors of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and cast up a mount or siege work and take the most fenced cities, and the arms of the, of the south shall not withstand, neither his chosen people, neither shall they... Neither shall there be any strength to stand. But he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will, and none shall stand before him, and he shall stand in the glorious land which by his hand shall be consumed. 
I wonder if the glorious land's America, or is it Israel and Jerusalem? I don't know. He shall also set his face to enter in with the enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with him. Thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of women, corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither be for him. After this shall he turn his face unto the unto the isles, and shall take many. But a prince, for his own behalf, shall cause the reproach offered by him to cease. Without his own reproach, he shall cause it to turn upon him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fort of his own land, and he, but he shall tremble and fall and not be found. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom, but within a few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give, give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him, and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the, of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, and he shall, for he shall come up, and shall become strong with a small people. And he shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the, of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey, and spoil, and riches, yea, and... He shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time. And he shall stir up his people, his power and his, and his courage against the kings of the south and with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed on the, of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. Sounds like uh, an ally or someone that he trusts is going to betray him here. Verse 27, And both these kings' hearts shall, do, shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the ships of Shittim shall come against him, and therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary, or the temple, of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the ab abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do, that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that, it uh, sounds like they'll be success, successful in whatever they pursue, I'm guessing. Verse 33. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be holpen with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will, and he, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that for that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he, shall he regard the God of, of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. 
But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strong with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall he shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasuries of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. In other words, they'll, they'll be marching with him. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him, therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy, and utterly to make away or destroy many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace be between the seas in the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.